Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Hey, 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 it's Feo J and you're tuned into The Motion, where we get conversation moving in the best way possible. From music to culture to politics to fashion, this podcast is guaranteed to get your emotions in motion. Each episode, I'm joined by some guests with conflicting opinions, and they engage in a little bit of a tug of war with my opinion, hoping to sway my vote to their side. Today's topic is going to trigger a lot of sports fans, and it's whether you should have to support the same team for your whole life. Whether doing that is real loyalty or just actually delusional. And we're switching things up a little bit today. I wanted a break from hosting this and I thought, who better than Joel Kirame? Is that how you, is that how you, you You've just butchered <laughs> yeah. his name. Don't worry. <laughs> Taking over my position as the host of the motion, we have Joel, a self-described prosperous young black man who has a love-hate relationship with his beloved Arsenal, formerly known as the Target. Totty. And bravely taking me on is Dami, a polymath who can be found at the intersection of all things sport, media, and politics. He's also possibly the best baller to ever step foot on the Warwick campus. I think I made a mistake by saying possibly. I now believe I actually am. I'll be arguing that these sports fans are delusional, Dami the opposite side, and Joel in the middle stirring the pot. With all that out of the way, let's get into these opening statements. Nelson Mandela said sport is one of the greatest things that can bring us all together regardless of race, creed, sexuality, background, whatever. The Nigerian Civil War is stopped for one day just because Pele came to play an exhibitional match. It's an unbelievable tool that we have in this world and when you kind of deep that then the idea to call people who are loyal to that delusional, to be honest I think it makes you delusional. Something that kind of transcends almost every kind of port of division that is available in the world. Something to be able to go beyond that. I don't really see how you can say people who are loyal to it are delusional. So I have a bit of a personal case study. Year five, my former tutor came in and he said, Ronaldo, he's he's leaving Man U. He's going to Real Madrid, yeah? And I saw one of my friends, Ali, he broke down in tears because his favourite player from his favourite team is now moving. And that brings up like a sort of false like dichotomy on am I with the player or am I with the team? And I feel like a lot of these sports teams really are nothing without the players. Like we all watched the last dance. We saw that Michael Jordan single-handedly 
actually carried that team on his back. Are you going to tell me that if Michael Jordan leaves, you're still going to support the same team? It's no longer the same team. This idea of team as well, like are you supporting the team or are you supporting the organization? Because the organization, they like to create the sense of loyalty, but really it's, it's just a business. Joel, it's now time for you to take over. Stir the pot a little bit and get Dami and I on our feet with some questions. Dami, I'm going to come to you first. When did you start being a Chelsea fan and why? When I was really young, I used to support a team called the River Plate. You probably never heard of them, but I only loved them because of like their stripe. I loved the t-shirt, basically. But obviously, as I grew older, there was a period, obviously, when Chelsea started to have this influx of really amazing African players like Drogba and Essien and Salomon Kalu. I think that's what drew me to them. Once you start to, you know, support the team, you enjoy kind of the, the culture around it. The great man, Jose Mourinho, came in as well. The reason I asked that is that a lot of people, including myself, I would say, supported football teams, not really because of them falling in love with the team per se, but more just influences around them, e.g. like their dad or like their older brother, or the area they grew up in, or things like that, which kind of, I wouldn't say forces the team upon you, but it makes it such an influence surrounding you that you kind of have no choice but to support that team. It's one of the reasons why, for example, there are a lot of Man United fans in London, or a lot of black Liverpool fans whose parents used to support the, the team in the 80s, and stuff like that. Absolutely. My dad told me he was going to kick me out of the house if I didn't support Arsenal. I was four years old. What do you think I'm going to choose? Shelter or Arsenal? That's the same rhetoric that is literally forced upon modern day fans. There's not a lot of variety within who black people support. Let's be honest. Why do you think that is? It's literally because of just timing in which people came over and then it's that I'm going to kick you out if you don't support my team. That doesn't sound like loyalty. It sounds like delusion. Dammy, do children deserve homes? Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold, hold up. Before you might twist my words in a small little snippet that you put out, are you like, Dami says children don't deserve homes. Watch the rest of the video to find out. No. It's got to be the preview. Trust me, I'll be the preview. No, no. I ain't saying anything about that. Now, I'm sorry that in your case, you were born into an Arsenal family. That's not my fault. That's your own personal problem. That's your problem with you and your family. But, the great thing about that is that I'm sure is that it has taught you the meaning of loyalty. I don't know if you're still an Arsenal fan or not. Would you class yourself as one? Yeah, yeah. But you have to ask what, what a fan really means. And that's why we're having this debate. What does a fan mean to you, if I... I'm going to jump over to another industry. I'm going to jump over to music. At the core of what a fan is, you've got to love what the thing that you're fanning is. You have to believe in them, right? doesn't mean that you're going to go if they produce a bad album or you're going to go if they do something wrong. But at the core of what being a fan is, you have to actually like what they do or like what you feel that they could do. Now with football, I asked a question. 30 years I'm going to a football game and I know you're not going to win. I'm going to see you lose. Can I really call myself a fan? What am I supporting? If every time I turn on the TV to watch an Arsenal game and I'm expecting them to lose, I'm almost to the fact that I'm shocked if they do win. What kind of support is that? What are you fanning? Dami, what people could level at you is that we're coming from a sort of a high place. Like we support 
Arsenal Chelsea. We support teams that are used to being near the top. We support teams that win most games in the season and we regularly challenge for trophies or European position. By any chance, have you watched Sunderland Till I Die, the Netflix series? Yes. No, I have not. You should watch it. It's a series about um, Sunderland Football Club who were relegated from the Premier League to the Championship and then got relegated again down to League One and it follows the sort of the season behind the scenes. And I remember coming away from it thinking, wow, those fans have been through some hard times and like really terrible times and I sort of felt sorry for them to the point where I'm thinking what's the point anymore if I was if I was in a situation like that I wouldn't want to go to a, a game ever again I think it's sort of intangible like compelling thing or, like forcing you to sort of go to these games because you've been following them for so long the question is does that necessarily have to be the case do you have to go and blindly support a team who's doing bad or is the is the door open for you to sort of move on if you feel you've supported the team to give you joy and if they're not giving you that joy do you still have to support them even if they're like fucking up your mental health for example i think it's a case of like you know a parent and a child the parent wants the child to do well and the child will mess up always the, t- the child will have the days where it lets the parent down but at the end of the day the parent is still the parent of that child the one african response <laughs> No, but it's true. Perfect example. What happened to Juventus of the Calcopoli scandal where, you know, there were lots of betting, blah, blah. They got relegated. Now, lots of the players, especially, they could have left easily, but most of them stayed with the club. They don't have to do that because they lost. They would have lost wages. But, you know, as they've come to play for the club over the years, they have eventually, you know, become, you could say, Juventus fans. They formed a bond with that club. And what I'm saying is, if they of all people can still stick with a club. All right, bear in mind, yes, they're getting paid. I can understand that. But still, you know, if they can stick with the club, then I don't really see why we, as so self-proclaimed fans from young, shouldn't be able to have, I kind of expend that same, that same loyalty to our club. But the question is, do you have to? Do you have to do that? Yes. <laughs> if a, do you have to do that? And if not, what, what circumstances do you think are okay for you to not do that? I think Dami's example was really emotive. In its best sense, that's what sports should be about. Through the thick, through the thin, you're there. But for me, I find it very hard to stick around when the players don't stick around. So when I think of like me and my prime Arsenal support, it was Patrick Vieira, it was Thierry Henry, it was Ashley Cole, like that team, my burgundy shirt, they were all over my wall until player by player, plucked by different teams chasing money chasing size chasing partnerships and so for me i find it very hard that a fan should have to stay when the people are not staying the very players you're supporting are not loyal to their team then why do you have to stay who do these people actually support who does sonnery support who does lacazette support who do they support who do they support well that's a good question i mean are we supporting the players are we supporting manager are we supporting the institution i mean what is what is it that we are supporting do you think it's different for certain sports whether people are more loyal to the team or more loyal to the player for example when lebron moves from team to team people switch their allegiances to support that team because of the impacts of lebron as a player especially sports where the superstars are a lot bigger than maybe some of the teams so like michael jordan you can think of as like kobe or Giannis right now i think it can be allowed in basketball but i don't think it can be allowed in football obviously both football and basketball are both team sports but because with basketball it's only five people on the court it's probably more easier to gain that kind of special allegiance to a player because in basketball, literally one player can take a team 
forwards. I think in sports like football, where it's more the sum of the parts, you know, rather than the individual parts. If you actually look at it, just like Messi or Hazard alone, they can't kind of take the team, kind of drive them to a championship to the way a player in basketball could do. Then me personally, I can't really accept people who would do such a thing in such a sport. If you sound like you want to get get back in there. I always find it funny when people's argument is not consistent. You're saying it's fine here, it's not fine in one place. Of course, it varies for lots of different people. People actually like me, you know, actual sports fans actually support the organisation, you know, and everything involved with it. I think it's a very complex question because... We see with Arsenal, Arsene Wenger like clearly overstayed his welcome, and people wanted him to go. And then this like Emilio person came, whatever his his name is, and then like now he's out as well. And I think it's really hard with um, something like Arsenal. We have this manager for so long; it's really hard to like recreate that idea of like what you really were supporting. So I think the question of what are you supporting is very difficult, and I think it just highlights how many aspects there are of teams that change every season well Dami, i'll bring an example in from another sport which isn't football but i mean if you watch nfl or american football there's a lot of instances where teams relocate and move to different cities so for example the raiders recently left oakland in california have gone to las vegas and they're going to play there for the next season so the fans of the former team that used to play in their town have seen their team move and have gone completely away from them so what did they do in that situation do they continue to support the team that's left them despite maybe they're not caring enough about the area to stay or do they find another team, they find their local team, or do they just pick a team that they like? What did what do teams do in that situation if a team leaves their area? It doesn't happen a lot in football, but it does happen in other sports. I can't lie, you put me in a tough situation, Joel. That's what the host does. That's the first time I'm, he- I'm hearing of that. I think in such a situation, I wouldn't be averse for them to, I guess, you know, yes, find another team. But... That is an exceptional circumstance. This is an um, outlier uh, in this case. Yet another inconsistency in Dami's <laughs> argument. And all I'm going to say is, it may be anomalous, the example Joel brought. However, right, I think it just highlights that when push comes to shove, it's the organisation that is in the priority of these people. It's business. It's the money. The fans are the first people who are going to get hurt in every decision. And that's why I say it's delusional rather than loyal. How are you going to be loyal to an organisation that is not loyal to you? That's one sport out of how many? Wimbledon used to play in London and they moved to Milton Keynes and a lot of fans are very angry to the point where they started their own team. There's situations where fans start their own team. I know Man United's there's fans that started their own team, they were angry the way the ownership was being run. Isn't it true if you're saying that the club, at the end of the day, they care about the bottom line rather than maybe the fans? Because if they cared about the fans, you wouldn't see them make some of the decisions they make, surely. In some cases as well though, those kind of decisions are done for the fans, even though they may not be happy and they may not want it at first, but it is done for them. Like when your parent tells you, I'm shaving your head off, but it's for you. Should I tell you something? When I was young, my dad used to shave my head all the time. I'm talking bald, level zero. Now, I used to cry. I'm not going to lie to you. But now, I've come to accept that was an incredible turning point of my life. The character building I developed from that, honestly, I actually thank him. I'm t- I could survive anything. You haven't learned because look at what your head's saying today, Davy. Come on, man. Get a trim, bro. I'm sure a lot of Arsenal fans did not want to leave Highbury. But would you 
Or would you not say it has been a great decision to move from Highbury to the Emirates? Well, I think we left our soul there, but I think economically it made an impact. You didn't leave your soul there. You just became like worse as a team. That's what it is. The quality of players you had just, I don't know why, but it decreased. The constraints of buying the stadium meant that we had to sell a lot of players, which is a difficult time the first 10 years of leaving the stadium for fans, which is why FA has become so disillusioned absolutely yes but isn't that one of the things you guys were thanking Arsene Wenger for for moving to a bigger stadium yes I mean I guess so for essentially understanding that football is now entering a bigger kind of landscape economically and for Arsene to be able to kind of challenge with the big boys of Barca and Bayern it had to be done so I'm sure you guys now are happy even though at first you weren't same with Spurs you know I'm sure they didn't want to leave White Hart Lane but it's helping them to, to attract the likes of, you know, players like Undombele or even coaches like Jose Mourinho. So I'm not going to sit here and say that everything they do is just economically. And even even if it is economically, it's also done with the fans' intentions at heart underneath. You know, I think they can both go hand in hand. I believe you can look at something from an economical standpoint, but also from a morality standpoint. And you can try and find a compromise between both of them. But I don't think it has to be one or the other. We're halfway through the episode, which means it's time for a listener interlude. This time there is no voice note, but I will be reading out a message. It was a bit of a whirlwind. It was about last week's episode, which was titled Uncle Tom versus Karen. Who does the most harm to black women? Let's start with what he agrees with. He agrees black women are the most discriminated in our society and a lot of black men, due to their upbringing, contribute to that systemic oppression of black women. He asked me if I know that 90% of Confederate statues and statues of slave owners were erected by white women. But then he says, as a black man, it's hurtful to be compared to a white woman because while the reason that they, black men, have turned on black women is systemic from brainwashing to society ignorance, he feels that white women's oppression is actually intentional and premeditated. He feels this dialogue is divisive and he comes with love and not war. He tells me to stay blessed and keep thriving. I think a real community acknowledges struggle and you know it's not about how long white women have been doing harm for in my opinion as I said in the decision I made it was a personal decision as to what what harms me mostly because at the end of the day when I wake up and look at this world I don't look at it in structures I look at it as an emotional being like if I have more access to black men in my day-to-day life culturally traditionally giving me like personal harm then that's what I'm going to focus on not necessarily you know all the structural harm or harm that white women might have done at the end of the day I came to a personal you know conclusion it's not an easy conversation to have but I think it's important that people like take a step back and actually just listen a lot of issues stem from the fact that and even this conversation when people are oppressed they feel like they cannot be the oppressor but that's just not the case and so I feel like we just all need to be willing to listen to struggles that we may not be going through even struggles that black women aren't facing where black women have to listen up i think it really just starts with listening and acknowledging and then we can start to have a conversation about some of the solutions but i think it really is important that it stems from this place of listening as always i won't say too much catch the episode if you haven't already on whatever platform you're using to stream this episode but we are now back to today's debate and joel is no longer a buffer so dabby and i will be free to go directly at each other 
start of your opening statement, right, you were talking about how, well, first of all, you said it doesn't matter what you look like. Let's not even get into the racism in football that's happening right now. But anyway, you said it doesn't matter what you look like, where you're from, but something football. And like a lot of sports, you know, teams suffer with, but football's especially hooliganism. Right? Go out to the footy, you've got 10 cans, you're, you've got all your boys, and you're seeing your team lose for the 20th time. Who are you going to take that out of? Random is in the street, you're kicking things about. I mean, there's been disasters. All of these, like, negative things stem from this false sense of loyalty. People don't even know what they're supporting, why they're going. Especially when it's not your own community, right, Danny? I mean, if you support a team that's not from your area, then maybe it doesn't stand for what you stand for. Maybe even if you lived there as a black person, maybe you'd get, you know, Funny looks in the street, for example. That's an excellent point you brought up, Ifair. I, I must commend you. You wasn't ready. I can't lie, I don't really have much to say about that one still, <laughs> no. Well done, Ifair. But I think it's a wider issue than just blaming it on football. Of course, yes, like I said, football's a great tool for kind of unity. But at the same time, it's also still enmeshed within the wider society. Issues of, you know, unemployment, poverty, drugs. Football's still intertwined within it in a sense that the people who are supporters also still have to deal with those kind of issues in a sense you know football has now become the kind of means of escapism for them i feel like this idea of being able to switch allegiance as well to me it's elitist it only benefits the top clubs in whatever sport it is because if that's the case then i can guarantee you nobody absolutely no one would probably support any the lower league teams Yes or no? If, if society hadn't created this kind of shame culture, which is needed for people who just decided to jump ship or, you know, become glory hunters. What's that saying about us as people, as a society? You know, it's like the, the people at the bottom, bond them. Like, let them suffer. Let them die out. Let them go away. We don't care about them. We just want the people at the top. We just want those who are winning. Do you think you're elitist? Do you, do you agree with that? With what Dami's saying, if you if you move teams, do you think that means you hate poor people? I've actually had the benefits of working at both Emirates Stadium and working at Barnett Stadium, the Hive Stadium. It's actually behind my house. So at the Hive, right, same people I'm serving every week. You're really getting a sense of community. I really feel like the Hive is like the hub of Barnet, right? Now let's flip all the way over to the Emirates. It just was not the same. And so I feel like I'm, in fact, the complete opposite of elitist because I completely respect people like who support Bolton or QPR or just, we don't really hear about them that much, right? Those fans are real fans. I think those fans really embody what like sports fans should be about. I still believe it's elitist. <laughs> Is it elitist? Right. Because she was talking about like Barnett, the community feel of the club. Like I go to Crystal Palace games because the stadium's literally right behind my house. I go to home games, I go to a few away games as well. And I love the passion of the fans and things like that. Am I wrong to do that? Should I not go to those games? Because I'm an Arsenal fan. I'm giving my local team money. If I gave Arsenal money, they wouldn't feel it. If I give Chris Palace money, they feel it more. So am I Elisa still for them? That one's different though, because it's not you jumping ship. When I say it's elitist, I mean, in a sense that if we allowed that kind of idea to fester, is it not probably going to affect the lower teams a lot more? Everybody would want to be associated with winners a big chunk of the reason why a lot of people still stick with their local teams and teams that are around them even though they might not be doing well is because to them they can still always have that kind of bragging right or that argument that okay cool we're not doing well but at least i'm loyal essentially that's all they have if we take that away it's more likely for for the switch to be the other way around from bottom 
to top clubs rather than people switching from saying, okay, I don't want to support Barca or whatever anymore, and now I'm going to go support Wickham Wanderers. The thing is, though, Dammy, I don't think it is going to affect the small teams because no one is getting kudos for supporting Bolton right now. Like, no one's going to be like, oh, big up you, like, you support Bolton. Because they're closer to, like, the, like, I guess the realness of what football is. They already appreciate all these things. I don't have any issues with that sort of, like, fan loyalty because it just seems a lot more real to me and it's a lot less, you know, the pizzazz and all of that. And I think it's hilarious that you use this word elitist when I'm trying to actually delitalize not a word, <laughs> what football is. You're talking about an industry that's governed by boxes. How much of a game can you really watch in a box? It's the money it's the size who's going where that's what football conversation is dominated by how much conversation do we hear about about the bolton fans i want to hear about the bolton fans if it loves bolton (laughs) (laughs) i feel like you you've then kind of given me more support for my point then because if what you're saying is true about how football is all about you know the money and blah 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 you don't it seems like you don't like that then why in the world would you then want to take the aspect of loyalty away from that it's what it stems from if this loyalty is forced i.e i say again support this team or be homeless at four years old if you're loyal to something that is not loyal to you if you're loyal to something that is changing season by season with the win if you say football is a part of society i mean fair enough it is but in other parts of society you can Choose your allegiances in ways which benefit you. For example, if if, if it was unhappy with the way the government was running the country, in the next election, she'll vote for the other party. If then that party started flopping when they was running, she'd vote for the other party. If they didn't like her husband, she could get a divorce. So why is it only, and it seems football and sport is the only thing in society where no matter how badly you're treated, you feel compelled to stay there because of some loyalty, which may have started with your dad, your grandparents, and something that you haven't even felt really come through to you. I mean, first of all, it's not the only thing, all right? I can't change it if I'm black. Okay, fine. Yeah, there's... Let's get that first okay. and f- clear. Can you not change yourself being black? Would, well, like Rachel Doolittle. Like Rachel Dolezal, Michael Jackson. But, whoa, whoa, whoa. Michael Jackson had the legal. Okay, he, he had a skin problem, all right? That was not him choosing to be white or black. He could have just been ugly. No, that's another debate. (laughs) (laughs) We love you, MJ, don't we? Why is it football? Um, It's all about the journey, man. Loyalty is, you know, something that is missing in society. And if we were to take that away from football, then, my God, what do we have? I have a quote from Kanye West when he said, uh, 400 years? (laughs) It sounds like a choice. (laughs) It just reminds me of a lot of football fans. I feel like it sounds like a choice. When you step outside of it and actually look in, you realise that you do have the same choice that these players have. You do have the same choice that these organisations have. Like, no one is saying, you know, you flip-flop every week. But I think it's just acknowledging that we're told so many things, you know? Told to shrink ourselves, to make ourselves look small as women. Until you step out and you realise that women don't have to be small. You can update your worldview with new information. What do they say? If you do the same thing over and over again and expect different results, that is what? Insanity. There we go, Joel. There we go. I agree with that, but I feel like, you know, for us, I feel like whether we like it or not, if you ask a lot of football fans, not even football, a lot of sport, they enjoy that aspect of sticking to one club. You know, I'm sure same with you, Joe. I'm, I'm just the host here. Um, I, I'm, <laughs> we all know deep down, we enjoy it. Joe, you love to rant about Arsenal. Okay, whether it's you like thrill. it or not, whether you say it's made your life worse or blah, blah, blah. You love it. It's one of your brand. 
It is. It is. It's part of your brand. It's part of who you are as a person. When it comes to the real crux and at the real kind of end point, a lot of us wouldn't want to even change. I'm 100% certain about that. If I would you? I'm going to say I would not, at this point, change teams, right? But I don't think that means that, say, we start from today in terms of what are you telling your children? What am I going to tell Mini Joel? What am I going to tell Mini Dami? About Mini Joel, Mini Ife, Mini Dami. What message are you even sending to them as well if you're just moving teams? You're telling them it's cool to give up. When the hard times come, pack ship, jump, go away, leave it, desert it, abandon it, kaput, done out here. That's essentially what you're, you're telling them to do. Not really though, Dami. It is. Not really. It is. Not really, Dami. Why not, Ife? I'll tell you why. Because I'm not saying, oh, you know, we've lost. So I'm going to support Chelsea for one week. I'm going to support Liverpool for one week. I'm going to support Manu for one week. But I'm just talking about actually sitting down, right? Say I've supported Arsenal for 10 years. And then management changes. All the stakeholders change. The CEO change. The players change. To sit down with Ife and Mini Ife and let's actually just establish, wait, is the team we started supporting, are they, are they really still there? And not being criticised for changing. I think we need to acknowledge that different people are into sports for like different reasons. And in my research, this guy said, if you're going to support a player, then watch golf or, you know, watch athletics. But I don't think it's it's that simple because a lot of the time, even though football has 11 players on, on a field and basketball may have five, we still do big up certain players. There's a reason why, I mean, everyone can score, but everyone doesn't score. We're looking at top strikers and yeah, you can build a brand as a defender, but at the end of the day, you need that goal. And so you end up glorifying these strikers. And so it does become very, you know, player driven or manager driven and not this whole idea of a team that, that you sort of try to portray, but it's just not really there anymore. That's not just seen in football, it's seen in part of celebrity culture. It's seen in politics as well. When you say it, what do you mean? I mean, this idea of bigging like one person up. But I'll re-ask the question Joel asked you. Why is it only in football that you're judged for, for wanting to jump ship? Because football's a beautiful game. It's the one thing we have to hold on to. You know, it's the one thing that reminds us you know, kind of essentially what it is to be human, a human being, you know. It's this idea of, you know, we're social beings, you know, we, we depend on each other, you know, we fight for each other, we're, we're there for each other, regardless of what happens. And you were mentioning about, it's not, it's not a case of where, you know, all right, cool, one team loses, so I'm going to support the other team. But that possibility is very, very much likely because if we, if we now take away the stigma, now we're opening Pandora's box. Before Joel makes his decision, Dami and I are going to summarise what we think and try and get him on our side for the last time. I want to start with this word called identity. It's a big one. So how would I describe myself? I'm a woman. I'm black. I'm Nigerian. I am not going to pretend like I support every aspect of what being Nigerian is about. Can I choose to be Nigerian though? No. I was born into a Nigerian family. But where there is choice, that's where things differ. I think there's this distinction between what a fan is and what a stan 
is. The mental illness of what being a stan is. And I think football culture is not that different to stan culture. It's just more accepted on a wider scale. And I think we're at a time in society where we need to start to ask questions. Just because something's been away for a long time does not mean that we can start to ask questions and make changes. Start with little Dabby. Start with little Joel. Start with little Ifa. At the at basis of it all, fanship and allegiance to a, a team, it, it satisfies our basic human need, which is to belong. Being able to then switch from one team to another, whether we like it or not, we lose that drive. It's not going to be the same. Let's say you switch teams now. Members of the fans of that team are now talking about a situation that happened 10 years ago. Right, you just switched two years ago. You weren't there. You're going to miss out deep down in your heart. It wouldn't feel the same, and we all know it. You'd fall plastic. You would. You'd fall fake. I think and I believe that aspect has got to remain within sports, within football, basketball, whatever. It has to be there for the sake of society. If we take that away, then what do we have left? The, the allegiance to a team, in my opinion whether you like it or not, can could be seen in a you know sociological point of view as our own kind of protest to capitalism. Dami's so passionate about football, man, you can hear it. In terms of being able to get those questions in that maybe are harder to answer and things like that, I would give the edge to Ife. I think Ife is just about... <laughs> certain questions that are more difficult to answer and kind of make you go back on what you're saying or make it a bit more easy to, to appear inconsistent in arguments because it's more of an emotive thing I guess supporting your team and being loyal for it rather than in a debate being able to show like more of the logic behind it it's more logical to say you know uh, why why would you support the team you support so if a well done I'll send you my account details as well so congratulations enjoy your win FM I hope you're happy what a sad little loser you are Okay. <laughs> I just want to say, Joel, thank you so much. Big, big, big props. Big props. You did really well. I'm now scared you're going to take my, my podcast away from me. <laughs> thank you for tuning in. Catch us on Instagram at oh, themotion underscore, Twitter at themotionpod underscore, and send those voice notes in to themotionpodcast at gmail.com or anything you want to say. Have a great week and see you next time. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.